Hi, welcome to Shift. It's PwC Canada's podcast series, and we're digging into key digital trends and topics that can make your business transformation a reality. I'm your host, John Finkelstein, and I'm also the creative director of PwC Canada. Welcome to another episode of Shift. Super excited today. Uh, we're still in lockdown, and we're going to be listening back to this from lockdown probably. But that's cool, because today we have Curtis Stange, who is the CEO and president of ATB, coming to us probably right from your home in Alberta. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Great to be with you, John. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to talk about all kinds of really interesting stuff today that I think, you know, Alberta is probably quite unique uh, in Canada in terms of the different things that are going on there from COVID to oil to market dynamics, which is really interesting. So um, before we get into that, maybe you could just take two seconds and let our listeners kind of know a little bit about you and and what you're doing as president and CEO um, of ATB. Well, it's great to be with you. And again, thanks. Thanks for that, John. Thanks for that opening. And you're right. Um, look forward to getting into all sorts of different topics uh, uh, this afternoon with you. Born and raised on the prairies, uh, had an opportunity to uh, both live and work in five different provinces across the country, including uh, eight years in Ontario, which was uh, very exciting for in Toronto and for in Ottawa. Two adult sons, uh, two grandkids. Uh, a third on the way, a third grandson on the way, which is uh, really exciting unto itself. There's a whole podcast there, actually, of grandkid stories for sure. And as you mentioned, uh, humbled to be the president and CEO of ATB Financial. Voted the number one best place to work in Canada last year. There's a lot of great companies across this country, but proud for uh, last year to be voted the number one place to work in Canada. 5,000 team members described as innovative, disruptive, growth mindsets, customer obsessed, and all aligned towards our purpose of we exist to make it possible. And we exist to make it possible for Albertans, for Alberta businesses, and beyond. And that's ultimately our purpose uh, at ATB. So really proud to lead this company uh, now, uh, just wrapping up almost three years in the helm. Amazing. I love the accolades about being the best place uh, to work, but I was like really knocked out to see not only great place to work, but also best place for inclusion and uh, best place for women as well. And I think that really speaks volumes to sort of the ethos that you have, which is really about people first, art of the possible. I have to ask though, now that you know we're basically a year into uh, the COVID pandemic, how has that affected um, your people first and innovation strategy. Like, did you guys put the brakes on? What happened? No. In fact, there is no doubt that this pandemic has accelerated the team member value proposition for us and had us focus on flexibility, understanding that behind every team member is a unique story and their unique story of how they're trying to show up to be their best selves and yet be in and amongst their family members and friends uh, all working from home has been quite a remarkable journey. Was that a difficult transition, do you think, for um, for your staff to suddenly go from going to the office and serving people and being face-to-face probably a lot more than they are now? It was. What's important to remember for us is we had 50% of our team members that worked from home at least one day a week pre-COVID. So there's, there's no doubt it was uh, a gargantuan effort, though. Like other organizations, trying to get a call center, which was predominantly at the office in our campus in, uh, in Calgary, 
trying to get those 400 team members to work from home very quickly uh, took a ton of effort and collaboration right across the company, getting the corporate bankers uh, to work from home where they typically love to be in the office at six o'clock with their ties on and pinstripe suits. Getting them to work from home uh, was uh, was an interesting journey. I will tell you, I've talked to dozens and dozens of them. And to be honest with you, they will absolutely change the way they work going forward. There will be much more integration and flexibility of working from the office and working from home. I, I don't think that we're not going to go back to any normalcy of a physical workplace 100% of the time, no matter the role that you have. Uh, and so flexibility for us has been key. PwC is a very large organization, of course, uh, on its own as well. And, you know, we spend a fair amount of time um, from our leadership down communicating and really being transparent with what was happening organizationally um, within the country itself and how we were approaching our staff. But one of the things that really impressed me was our C-suite's humanness, if you will. Tell me a little bit about how that worked for you at ATB as the world basically went through this crazy time. I think I think you're describing, John, what really differentiated leadership over this past 10 or 11 months. And it sounds like PwC, who we admire greatly as a, as a great partner of ATB, sounds like they implemented a lot of the things that we did as well, which was communication often, transparently, with empathy, and with compassion. And as an example of that is I connect with the company for 30 minutes every Friday. So once a week, I get to share what's on my mind with the team and I leave 50% of the time to answer questions directly from team members. And early on in the pandemic, it was about operational information. You know, it was about how we're sanitizing the branches as an essential service, how we're putting in plexiglass, how we're enabling team members to work from home, how we're setting them up with computers and desks and, and printers and very operational, tangible questions. And now it's still about empathy and compassion because there's still um, economic challenges and the team members are wanting some inspiration. They're wanting to know what the future might look like and continue to paint that picture of how we're going to exist and why we exist to make it possible for Albertans and Alberta businesses. So there's no doubt that inspirational leadership has had to play a key role, especially in the last three or four months as team members are getting a bit tired of, you know, constantly just hearing about the pandemic. I think secondly for me is, and this was one of the biggest aha moments for us and for me personally as a leader, was the combination of team members living their lives while working from home. You get to know your teams better than you ever would have known them. You get to know that 40% of your team members have kids under 12. And what are they going through when they're schooling from home? You get to know how many team members actually have their elderly parents living at home with them. You get to know how many have extended families that live with them and multiple families under one roof because their ability to focus and be the best they can be and show up and live the purpose every day required us to understand what might have been getting in their way. So the different programs that we were putting in place, the communication, the focus on a psychologically safe workplace, the mental health focus that we had, all of these items were colliding. And so it got us to know we were doing sentiment surveys every five or six weeks early on, just to get a sense of how team members were feeling, how they were coping, 
what was getting in their way, what did they want from us as leaders. And we got actually a really good indicators of how the emotions and how people were showing up. Because quite honestly, as leaders, we believe people show up and do things based on their ability to focus, their capability, and their willingness to show up. And so how do we make sure that we can enable and address all three of those areas uh, so our team members can show up the best for Albertans and Alberta businesses. I'm wondering, you know, the mental health thing I know is very important to you as an individual, um, but also to the organization ATB. That has to have become even more focused and more needed, I suspect, in the last probably three to six months. Can you describe to me a little bit about some of the programs and some of the supports that you guys have put in place to really make sure that your team members are living up to their best potential at this time. 100%, John. I think it starts uh, with the essential service uh, that we provide as a financial institution. And, you know, there's no doubt that our 2,000 team members, uh, that physical safety early on, and especially as we've gone through this second wave, and more specifically, the psychological safety for those team members to show up every day and be in front of customers and helping communicate and connect with customers that are emotional themselves because they're experiencing the economic challenges, the illnesses all around them. And so that whole emotion with our customers has been one that we've proudly been able to connect with and help them through some really difficult conversations. I have to believe that the empathy that your team members feel from the organization is also translated to how they interact with their customers because we're all living and feeling kind of the same thing. Exactly. That must have had a pretty interesting impact in terms of the appreciation Albertans feel toward the ATB brand, no? Exactly, John. And there's no doubt that that brand and that connectedness and that trust for us uh, has absolutely increased through the pandemic. I do want to go back, though, and touch on uh, the mental health side, because we proudly, to your point, I am personally a, a, a huge advocate for a focus on mental health, partly because, uh, you know, I lead a company uh, with 5,000 team members and want to make sure that the wellness, and we have four quadrants of wellness, one of them being mental health, which is certainly a focus of a lot of companies, including ATB. So we did a couple of things. We we changed our employee family assistance program, which is not a small thing to do. We had this work that was started, but during the pandemic, we actually pivoted to an Ontario-based company that uh, is really great at uh, not only employee and family assistance, but more specifically in the mental health side, because they're a digital offer. And we, we're a diverse country. We're a diverse province. We have a lot of team members that aren't in our major cities of Calgary and Edmonton that can't come into the city for an appointment between 10 and five, like that just doesn't work. So the fact that it's a digital offer uh, was really important to us. And again, their, their support mechanisms to support the conversations that they have to have with our teams, to your point, translated into better conversations with our customers. There's no doubt about it. We also partnered with and provided um, uh, an app called Headversity run by a psychiatrist uh, out of Alberta. And it focuses it all in on resiliency because resiliency is what we need to build, right? There's one thing about having programs in place to support the mental illness of team members. There's another thing in providing them with the tools that when challenge comes or adversity hits you, you're resilient enough and you have the tools in your toolkit to be able to manage through it 
We also have invested, like other organizations, in diversity and inclusion and belonging. There was a real awakening for us as an organization, even though we're the number one place to work in Canada. So we recruited one of the top diversity and inclusion experts in the country uh, and, uh, and is already having an impact in terms of some of the processes that we're undertaking. Um, and, and this will be a journey for us. But I think, again, belonging, psychological safety, providing the tools for team members when they are feeling uh, mentally ill, as well as building their resiliency, all come together into a team member value proposition that, again, to your point, just translates into a healthier team member who's better in front of the customer. That's amazing. I love the fact that you're really focused on, you know, mental health and diversity. I'd love to know. I mean, you know, they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. Looking back almost a year since the pandemic started, is there anything that you wish that you did differently? I, I think if, if if I would have known and if I would have had a little crystal ball or this deep futurist talk to me about the fact that this was going to demonstrably and permanently change the way your customers interact with you and demonstrably and permanently change the way your team members work and engage where, when, and how, I would have sort of shook my head and said, get out of here. Uh, you know, let me focus on providing payment relief for Albertan businesses because they really need that right now. And let me support our team members to get them working from home in a comfortable way. There's no doubt about it that under times of crisis, leaders show up in different ways. And I think one of the, one of the ways that leaders will show up is definitely begin to focus in on the short term. Because there is this defense mechanism that goes up that says, okay, how do we defend the strength of the organization, protect our team members, and continue to provide the products and services to our customers like we need to? Thankfully, we, we, we were able to pivot and begin to look at the long term relatively quickly. However, early on, we were worried about, like other banks, you know, capital preservation, liquidity. Is there going to be a run on deposits? How are we going to support these businesses that are being shut down? You know, this this was incredibly important for us, and I'm proud of the team and how we reacted really quickly. But again, I think it was, if I could do something differently, it would have been playing for the long game a little bit earlier on. And quite openly, even though we quickly moved to get our team members working from home, you know, there, there was a point in time where, and especially in our call center, where team members were feeling a bit uncomfortable. Cases were rising relatively quickly. And I think, again, there was about 24 to 48 hours that our team members were left to be too uncomfortable and we didn't get them home quick enough. And, uh, you know, a matter of hours can make all the difference in the world. And there's no doubt the evolution of the digitization of our mass market business. We refer to it as our everyday financial services. So the, the, the customers that talk to us about loans and mortgages and and investments and digital investments like the like we were moving towards the digitization of that offer this pandemic quite simply accelerated that by at least a couple of years for us there were many organizations that we would you know fondly keep abreast of and PwC was one of them in terms of your experts in the digital side talking about this advancing it almost by a decade yeah there's quite often a, a lot of um you know, latency or resistance to change. We see this across large organizations all the time. I wonder whether or not, has this kind of proved to you at least that um, really 
impactful change can happen in the blink of an eye. We've spent the last several years preparing our team members for the change that's coming. And the change is here. And the preparation partly was instilling a growth mindset in knowing that you could look at a problem and solve it one way. And you can look at that problem a little bit differently and think of five different ways of solving it. And in addition, instilling this intellectual curiosity and this hunger to learn and hunger to do some things differently. That resiliency and that adaptability paid off in spades when it came to the rapid adjustments and the changes that our workforce had to go through over the last 10 months. And the, the balance to it is change capacity and change fatigue. There's no doubt that organizations like ATB are feeling that. This pace of change and this disruption that is upon us, you know, not only did we have to accelerate the digitization of our, our experience for our customers, we had to rapidly accelerate the reskilling of our workforce. And, you know, you think about the skills of the future and you think, okay, I'll have some time to get there and I can focus on what I'm doing and over time. Well, all of a sudden, wham, your customers want to talk to you about, you know, onboarding a new deposit account or a new loan online or through their mobile phone. And I want to talk to you about in the branch because I want to get comfortable with it. So all of a sudden you're branch and your physical team members that show up every day face-to-face -face have to become digital experts and have to become troubleshooters for our customers. It's no longer limited to call centers and a select few percentage of your customers. So there were many different parts of the system that actually rapidly had to change. And, and I think the preparedness of organizations, you know, to adapt, to pivot, and we saw it in small businesses. Small businesses that had growth mindsets that were able to change their business models, get online up if you're a restaurant really, really quickly, you know, go to this delivery or pickup, put safe safety protocols in place. We had refrigerator trucks that were created from oil field services, uh, water trucks, uh, where we had small businesses that, again, would be, you know, water hauling for oil field uh, support that were pivoted to refrigerator trucks, like literally within a week. And the pace at which this change happened was quite frankly astonishing. Uh, one, one cool example for us is, you know, we were one of the first of eight banks in the country to distribute uh, federal stimulus. And we had to create, like other banks, uh, the Canadian Emergency Business Account, which was the $40,000 loan uh, for small businesses. We literally have been like other banks trying to digitize our lending for years. We stood up a fully automated, digitized front end, fully automated back end uh, in about a week, huh. uh, which was quite remarkable. Um, and, you know, we're, we're still sitting back and we hold that up as I can't believe we actually did that. Isn't it amazing what, what we're capable of doing when we just decide we want to do it? Right. I mean, a, a week, people were probably telling you, oh, geez, Curtis, that, that, that's, we're years from that. And then suddenly it's like, we have to do this in order to serve Albertans. You know, we need to be there for them. Congratulations on that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Well, that kind of begs the question a little bit for me about um, crisis and innovation. A lot of organizations, uh, you know, shirk from change a little bit when tough 
uh, times happen and, and so like it almost like the innovation recedes a little bit, but that's not so with ATB, is it? Correct. Yeah. In fact, we would continue to double down and we are extremely proud of what we call uh, ATB Ventures, our uh, innovation arm, and what we refer to as the Horizon 3 products that we are focused in on uh, at ATB. Uh, most notably, some of the partnerships that we formed. Uh, Radical Ventures is an AI fund that we've invested in to get closer to some of the, the global leading edge uh, AI and development. Uh, we also are doing incredible investments in digital ID. And, you know, I think for us as an organization, we do play a role in helping enable the province to be successful, much like other big organizations in provinces where, you know, really your success, there's an extension into the success of the province. So diversification for the province is incredibly important, as is the digitization of a province. And, you know, I think Alberta is driving towards wanting to become known as this jurisdiction that helps solve the problems of the future? And how does it transition from proudly an energy-centric jurisdiction to one of that, that traditional energy on top of it with renewables? And, and we are quickly becoming the leading province in the country when it comes to wind and solar investment. Rystad Energy would have talked about that and quoted that 83% of wind and solar projects in the country of Canada will be done in Alberta over the next five years. So we will be the number one province in that space. And then I think innovatively building on top of that about how do you digitize the economy and behind and underneath digitizing the economy is this digital ID. And, uh, and we are working with the provincial government, the federal government, and many other partners, post-secondary institutions, other industry partners, uh, and making sure that we can come up with what we think is the right platform and framework for a digital identification, uh, which is super exciting work for us. Digital ID is really where it's at. I mean, I, I can't wait for that to actually start to be propagated across the country because there's so much power in it, not only financially, medically, all this stuff. It's such an interesting, but also extremely difficult uh, to uh, to do. Speaking of Alberta, I just wanted to ask you, you know, the, you're kind of in this moment of this crazy trifecta of, um, I'm going to say it's bad news. How do you, as a leader, continue to motivate, continue to be honest, continue to be optimistic with an organization of, of, of 5,000 team members? I have to believe that that's, that's got to be a lot of pressure. Tell me a little bit about that one. Pressure and yet optimism and excitement. I think, again, Albertans and Alberta businesses are defined as resilient, adaptable, and entrepreneurial in, in, in the fabric of who we are. And I think that goes for Canadians, even though there's an abundance of change that's impacting the energy business. You look at some of the major industry players that have already quoted um, Synovus, for example, which will be net carbon neutral uh, by 20, you know, in the, over the next couple of decades. And you look at uh, organizations that have really dramatically reduced uh, their carbon emissions and are investing in new technologies to capture that carbon, uh, which is just remarkable. So I think when you get to know us and you get to know the advancements that our energy business is making, not only wind and solar and uh, quickly becoming you know, the number one province in the country when it comes to renewable energy, but there is this resiliency. And so that gives me 
uh, a lot of wind in my sails to show up as a business leader like we do, because we also are that organization that faces the prospects of disruption. Financial institutions are being disrupted. Like it's not about whether it's coming, it's here. And the disruptions that have been caused by the pandemic and the oil price war and the knock-on impact of, of, uh, of the economy uh, for us are felt. Having said that, when you peel that away, the trends were undeniable even before the pandemic hit us. The massive uh, advancements in processing power of computers, the massive data sets that are available for organizations. And we had built a 10-year strategy you know, over a year ago now that put us on this journey to 2030. So again, it was this, it was this culture that we had built around a growth mindset, around this resiliency, this adaptability, combined with acknowledging these trends that are impacting us and the creation of a 10-year journey uh, has put us on a path that, you know what, you can face anything that comes at you because you know you have the fabric in, in place and the history in place to be able to face it. And then one other thing, I do believe that the, the regulatory changes that are implemented in Canada over the next five years will have even a more dramatic impact than technology and data themselves. And if you look at the two prominent ones uh, with uh, open banking uh, that is coming to Canada uh, and, you know, the feds have reopened that file and I hope they expand it beyond open banking to open data like other global jurisdictions have, but that's a big one for banks and it will democratize data. It puts the power of data in the hands of small businesses and consumers. It will level the playing field of, you know, the oligopoly and regional banks and credit unions and other fintechs, which we're really excited about. And then payment modernization is a second regulatory change that's happening in Canada that is quite remarkable. And, you know, I think for too long, Canadian businesses have put up with, while I would say safe and sound and secure payment systems, they haven't been really fast and inexpensive and accessible, right? Which is what businesses need and want. And so I think, you know, those two regulatory changes combined will dramatically shift how financial services show up for consumers and businesses uh, into the future. Thinking five years ahead, what, what does success look like for ATB? And is there any specific trends or technology or anything that you have your eye on that you think is going to be really important in the future? You know, for us, we will have uh, really matured two of the journeys that we are defining for our customers. And we're building out this digitization journey for our customers. And we're building out this advisory journey powered by AI. So five years from now, these journeys will be matured and we will be providing remarkable experiences for our customers. You, you could envision where an Albertan wakes up and uh, uh, first thing they do is they sign on to the ATB marketplace and they don't sign on to do banking. They sign on because they want to register their kids in hockey or in soccer or football. They sign on to the ATB marketplace because they want to register in a post-secondary course. They sign on to the ATB marketplace because they want to book a holiday. And in behind it, uh, banking is inferred and just happens. You could imagine an ecosystem around our business customers where, you know, right now banks give really good advice based on a loan or a deposit. You can imagine us being so integrated and so such an important component of the success of the business that we know and we help them with their 
payroll services, with their human resource management, with their payables, with their receivables, because we do really believe that advice will be the new product into the future. You know, predominantly uh, traditional uh, services and products of banks will be commoditized and will be repeatable. We're already seeing that in the consumer side. We think that will happen in the business side. So advice will truly be in the wealth management space and the business space truly be the product of, of differentiation into the future. So the regulatory changes that are impacting financial services in Canada will demonstrably change how you interact with your customers moving forward, whether that's open banking or payment modernization, making sure that we can have real-time exchange, real-time settlement, which will improve how businesses interact. It will improve how businesses manage their cost of funds and their working capital in ways that we can only imagine right now. That's sort of what we envision five years from now about how customers will engage with us. And in addition, on top of that, the changing consumer sentiment, where consumers want to deal with and businesses want to deal with organizations that not only have a great core value proposition, but have a purpose. Yeah. And have a purpose of giving back to the jurisdiction and the communities that they serve. We absolutely believe in providing a great financial return to our investors. Uh, but we also understand that it's more than just the bottom line. It's how you show up for your team members. It's how you show up for your customers. It's how you show up in the communities that you serve. How do we raise the well-being, the quality of life for Albertans? We believe we can have a pretty meaningful impact on. So the trends are remarkable, but again, we are uh, we probably have a box of we don't know what we don't know. Everybody does. However, we try and shrink that as small as possible uh, and pay attention to the trends and how people are wanting to interact with us as a as a financial services institute. Such an amazing story. And I love how everything that you're talking about is really about uplifting the legacies and livelihoods of Albertans. And I think that's just a lovely sentiment to have all this grounded in because it makes everything makes sense in terms of what it is you're doing from looking after your team members, mental health, looking after Albertans, coming up with new products, envisioning the future to really enable people to live their best lives. It's amazing. I love it. Oh, thank you. Okay. This is the time in the interview where we get to ask you really non sequitur questions just to kind of round out who Curtis Page is. Okay. I'm really curious. Okay. Here we go. Question one, uh, smooth or crunchy peanut butter? Crunchy. Crunchy. Nice. Do you cut your sandwich straight or on a diagonal? Diagonal. Nice. <laughs> what was your first job? Uh, my first job was delivering papers at 12 years old uh, in, the, in the city of Winnipeg. One bag on around my forehead, around my back, and another one around my neck of my front as I always wanted to take on a bigger route. Uh, and I think I was up to probably 100 papers. And the Saturdays were the worst, right? Because you had all the inserts and the flyers. And I think those two bags definitely weighed more than I did. I delivered papers too. I think we're probably a very similar age. And then lastly, you know, you are the president and CEO of ATB Financial. When you tell people that, what do they say? Yeah, I, well, what I will tell you the immediate reaction is, A, do you know someone at ATB? And B... I love ATV. Like, you know, that those would be the two most popular. Either, hey, do you know Bob or Sally or Sue or Brenda? Um, uh, number one. And then number two is, boy, I love ATB. And I, my relationship manager is, my advisor is, my branch is. It's incredibly humbling whenever I go on my listening tours 
uh, to hear from our customers and team members, the amount of feedback we get is, uh, it's a pretty cool gig. Let me put it that way. Amazing. Well, that uh, wraps up yet another edition of Shift. It went by really fast for me. Curtis, hopefully it did for you too. Um, I really want to thank you for taking the time out of your day. I know you've got to be busy. Um, so thank you very much for agreeing to be a guest on the, on the podcast. It was my pleasure. Thanks, John. I really enjoyed it. And thanks to PwC for their partnership and their support for you to uh, talk to many different business and industry leaders. Uh, really proud to, proud to be a part of this. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us and listening as well. Uh, I know there's tons of other podcasts you could be listening to. And thank you so much for choosing ours. Um, and if you feel like it, I'd love it if you could share it and tell your friends about it and um, come back again for the next episode. Until then, I'm John and that's Curtis. And uh, I'll see you or hear you or be here the next time. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this episode of Shift. You can get more details at pwc.com slash ca slash shift. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, subscribe to our podcast series. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or your preferred podcast platform. Just so you know, this podcast has been prepared by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP, an Ontario limited liability partnership for general guidance on matters of interest only and does not constitute professional advice. Until next time.